1: I believe that each and every one of us is born with a gift, a talent, a skill, something that we were given freely to produce well. It is our birthright to use them in the marketplace.
2: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world.
0: Thanks to Purple for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Your Purple mattress really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Get 10% off any order of $200 or more by going to purple.com slash dreamjob10 Promo code DREAMJOB10, terms apply. This episode is sponsored by Wondery's The Vaping Fix. In this new series, they explore the story of the e cigarette company, Jewel, who set out to help smokers quit but instead hooked a new generation of young people. Follow The Vaping Fix on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or you can also listen early and ad free by starting your free trial of Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Also, thanks to Issue. Create once and distribute everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for a premium account and get 50% off at issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code DREAMJOB. And thanks to Headspace. Just 30 days of Headspace lowers stress by 32% and just four sessions can reduce burnout by 14%. Headspace is here to help. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash DREAMJOB. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I have something super duper exciting coming soon. I'm doing another one of those five-day challenges and... uh, I'm so excited. I love doing this because it's one thing to do a podcast and I sort of record this stuff and I put it out there, but it's a totally different thing to have the experience to interact with you guys, to be live with you every single day for five days in a row where we can talk, where we can hang out, where I can give you Everything I possibly can to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. So I'm doing this five day free challenge. It's called your soul's calling because your soul is calling. You have a calling and your soul's calling. And I always say God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And whether the word God sits with you or doesn't sit with you, if you want to say universe, it doesn't matter. It's the same point. I'm basically saying you're needed. And the reason why you get frustrated sometimes is because you know that you have something absolutely extraordinary. You have the ability to give this world you, and that is the greatest gift that you'll ever give. And so I want to see you be able to contribute who you are, and I want you to get to do it full tilt boogie. And I want to see you be able to do that and get paid to do it so that you can do that and only that, so that it doesn't have to be something you do years from now or when you have free time. But what if that could be it? What if it's not about day jobs, but it's about your life's work? You know, I started this podcast four years ago. I didn't have an Instagram account. I didn't have an email list. I just decided to start speaking these words, because it felt to me like something I just had to do. And four years later, we are past 20 million downloads. I have gotten to meet so many extraordinary people from all over the world. So many different countries. I've gotten to learn so much. So many incredible opportunities have come, not to mention we're almost at an eight figure business and it never feels like a job. So I want to show you what I've taken from that, what I've learned from that. Come hang out. You can go to com slash challenge. I can't wait. I'm so excited. We're going to start this June 7th, but you can join the Facebook group now and you can get acclimated to where this is and you can put it on your calendar. Go to com slash challenge. I cannot wait to spend this time with you. I'm so excited because one of the most special people I know is here today. Her name is Patrice Washington. She is absolutely incredible. She's such a generous person. She doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. In fact, when my mother-in-law passed away about six weeks, seven weeks ago, Patrice sent a beautiful magnolia tree to my home, a tree, a big tree in a crate. She sent me this tree with a beautiful note, letting me know that she had me and my family in her heart. And I was just so blown away that she would take it upon herself to make the time to make that happen. She is an absolutely extraordinary teacher, podcaster, coach, friend. She is an author of several incredible books. She's the founder of Redefining Wealth and the Earn More Money Movement for Women. She's she's restoring hope as a podcast host, and she's one of the most extraordinary speakers I know. We've had her on the show before, but this time she's sharing some important lessons from her new incredible book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, How to Stop Chasing Money and Finally Live Your Life's Purpose. It's all about how to remove the mystery surrounding wealth so that it frees you up to create a life of peace, purpose, and prosperity. We'll have a link in the show notes so that you can get a copy ASAP. And you can go listen to Patrice's podcast, Redefining Wealth with Patrice Washington. On her show, she shares insights and enlightening interviews that help you live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without chasing money. You'll learn so much from her. So definitely check that out. And this was another bonus session that we have in my signature coaching program made to do this. Not only do I show up live and do an interactive coaching session every single week during Made to Do This, but we have all these incredible guest experts who come in, and this is a piece of that recording. If you want to be a part of this epic experience of Made to Do This, you can go to madetodothis.com. We have some incredible guest experts coming next time, such as Gabby Bernstein and Chalene Johnson and Ali Webb and so many more. It's going to be amazing. Without further ado, please welcome the one and only Patrice Washington. Patrice, hi.
3: How are you? I'm
0: well. How are you? I'm so excited to be anytime I'm around you. I'm just full heart. We had been talking about the fact that you have a new book. And so I wanted to have you back anyway. And this is just like perfect timing because it's not just that she happened to write a book. She wrote a book on purpose. She wrote a book on helping you find wealth without the cost of letting go of what makes you feel most alive, most powerful, the feelings of, of not having to give up, not being mutually exclusive, whether you get the, the shiny things or you get to feel like you're living in integrity. Like that's her whole thing. So it is so good. And we're going to talk about that. I feel like maybe people know you cause you are very much out in the world and maybe they heard you on the podcast, but just in case, I think we should do a little refresher of where you've been. Where you came from. So tell us, remind us a little bit about where Patrice Washington was when she was like eight years old and how she got to be sitting where she is.
1: Oh, wow. Eight years old. Eight years old, I was in South Central Los Angeles. Immigrant parents, first generation American. My parents came here from Central America. And I think that they believe the same thing that many of our parents in the generations before us believe, which is you know, go to school, get good grades, work hard, you should be fine. Did anyone else sign up for that to be the recipe to life success? And I did that. I worked hard. I grew up in not the best neighborhood, an area called Leimert Park um, in South Central Los Angeles, where I grew up seeing a lot of gang violence and drive-by shootings and people in my own family going to jail. And all I knew was I wanted to get to college, Kathy, and get the heck out of there didn't go too far, but I did end up at the University of Southern California, go Trojans, Dean's List student and started what would become um, a seven-figure business actually started during my senior year in college. It was supposed to be a project that I actually launched. I was licensed at 19 in real estate and became a real estate and mortgage broker at 21 during senior year. And I thought this will go on forever, right? I didn't understand that life was cyclical and that seasons were a real thing. I thought, oh my gosh, I've hit the jackpot. I went to school, I got good grades. They said, work hard, here I am, I've done it. Until the recession hit. And the recession started really in 2007. We talk about it as 2008, 2009. But in 2007, if you were in real estate, you started to feel it. And when it started to rear its ugly head, you guys, I was actually in the hospital on bed rest because I took a fall down the stairs at 20 weeks pregnant and it sent me into premature labor. And when I got to Cedar sinai in Beverly Hills, they said, ma'am, I'm sorry, this baby's coming any minute now. And I did the only thing that I knew to do in that moment, which was pray. And I started to call other people and ask them to pray. And what was supposed to be any minute now actually turned into me being admitted to the hospital. And I was actually in the hospital for 10 weeks. So 10 weeks at Cedar sinai on hospital bed rest. And around five weeks into that stay, I remember watching the news every day and the banks were closing down one by one, one by one. And at the time we had built up to 16 loan officers and real estate agents. And they were calling me every day What am I going to do? My deal's falling apart. They're threatening to take my client's deposit. We can't close. The bank is gone. Everything that you could imagine was happening at that time. And here I am on bed rest. I can't even get up. And I'm freaking out. And I wore this monitor around my waist that monitored the baby And I remember about five weeks in my doctor, Dr. Lee came in and she said, Patrice, I don't know what you're stressing about, but if you don't stop, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby. Because the year before I had a son, same hospital, same doctor, same floor, he was born prematurely and he passed after five hours in my arms. And I had to make a decision to surrender Right. And sometimes when we think of surrendering, we think that it's giving up, but it's no, it's letting go of what we believe we have control over. And I decided to surrender. And I actually asked them to come in, the maintenance people, to come in and take the TV off the wall because I didn't even want to turn the news on anymore. I didn't want to keep allowing myself to take in all this negative energy about things that I, quite frankly, had no control over. And so my daughter ended up being born. Five weeks after that, she was born at 30 weeks and some days. She was three pounds, two ounces. And you guys, she's 13 years old and she is the light of my life today. She's amazing. She keeps me on my toes. She mostly keeps me aware of what's going on on TikTok, but she's a good girl and she's here. By the time she left the NICU three and a half weeks after her birth, I left with this beautiful, healthy baby. And also I would find out that I was leaving with a healthy amount of medical debt. So no deals closed, but almost $400,000 racked up in medical expenses because my insurance had dropped me. And this was one of those seasons where it was, that was the beginning of the downward shift where all of a sudden it didn't matter that I went to school, got good grades and worked hard. None of those things mattered in this season where I felt like, you ever been in a place where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired? where you feel like everything that you touch turns to wood. You know, we want to have the Midas touch and it turns to gold. No, it turns to wood, it falls flat, it's awful. Well, I ended up, shortly thereafter like 2008, we ended up losing pretty much everything. We had to lay off the team. About a year later, we ended up laying off the team. My home foreclosed in Southern California. I went from a 6,000 square foot home to literally selling everything that we could on Craigslist in a weekend and driving cross country to Metairie, Louisiana, where we ended up in this 600 square foot box of an apartment. And it was so bad, you guys, that I didn't even tell anyone. People thought we just politely moved. They were like, oh, they moved to Louisiana. No, we fled because we couldn't face all of the things that had happened. And so there we were with this little baby Um, just my husband and I, and we made a choice to suffer in silence. We didn't tell anyone what was going on. And that's where I had, uh, Kathy, what what I call my come to Jesus moment. (laughs) I had the moment where I had used all the clever little mantras and cliches and all the things, you know, to try to keep my husband's spirits up as well and just try to like be the positive one. And I remember one day my husband went out, he took Reagan with him and I was in the bathroom and I just lost it. I was looking in the mirror and I thought it was just going to be a little, you ever have a conversation with with God or whoever you consider to be your higher source and you're just like, listen. Now I did what they said, okay? Like I'm trying to understand where everything went wrong. I've been a good person. I treat people well. I operate in integrity. These things are not lining up. This is not making sense. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm the one that made it. I'm the person in my family that was the smart one. I'm the one that did all the things and followed the steps that they said to take. Why am I here? And it started out just kind of talking in the mirror. It led to yelling, it led to a little bawling, crying. I ugly cried until I was bought up in fetal position on the bathroom floor. And I knew that I had brought myself as far as I could take myself and I needed some intervention. Because I had nothing left in the toolbox. I did everything that I knew to do. And I heard what I call a still small voice say, get your Bible. And I ended up on this scripture, Proverbs 17, 16. And it said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom? And that was the very first time it dawned on me that while I had been the smart girl, and I had been the great test taker, and I was great at consuming information and education and knowledge, I used wisdom and knowledge interchangeably. They're not the same. Knowledge was gathering the information, but wisdom was knowing when and how to apply it. And had I actually been seeking wisdom, I probably could have gotten support, but I didn't ever say anything to anyone until my back was all the way up against the wall and I just couldn't take anymore. And I think that's what a lot of us do is suffer in silence. And that's where I was. And, that, and finding that scripture changed everything for me, Kathy. Like literally the next day, I started a free blog spot. My first grade teacher, Ms. Boynton, told me, when you learn something, you have a responsibility to teach your friends. And so even though I had lost all my money, and I was in one of the worst places of my life, honestly, in that time. I mean, applying for food stamps, getting on welfare, chasing the power man, begging him to turn the power back on or my baby's milk would spoil, coming home to eviction notices. Like this was one of the worst times of my life. But I knew that even though I lost all my money, my mind wasn't bad. And that I still had something that I was supposed to use to be a blessing, even in in a place where I needed someone to come bless me. But I started that free blog spot that was like March 10th, 2009. And so from then till now, these last 12 years, my sole purpose every day is to give God something to bless. Like how can I use what I've experienced to be a blessing to other people? And that went from a free blog spot to me writing for other websites, to me writing for magazines, to me doing four years on the Steve Harvey Morning Show as the personal finance contributed there, to being a regular on Dr. Oz and all these other networks and shows um, now five books in that's the latest one redefine wealth for yourself. And it's all come from this place of wanting to help people understand that this journey is not just about chasing money. It's about seeking wisdom.
3: So Mm.
1: That's Patrice Washington. That's who I am. And that's why I do what I do.
0: Oh my goodness. What a gift it is to sit with you and to just be blown away by your grace. There's so much more we have to cover, but first we're just going to thank our sponsors. Have you ever created a piece of content and you're thinking, great, now I'll post it on my website and share it on Instagram and send it to my email list, but then you realize you're gonna to have to deal with the headache of reformatting, resizing, redownloading, and reuploading. If that sounds like you, then you need Issue. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines, to flipbooks and brochures, and so much more. So your creation can be featured in an easy-to-view way on every device. Just make it once and it's ready to share. Issue will distribute it everywhere without reformatting, plus they'll optimize your content for engagement. Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. If you're a creator, marketer, designer, or really anyone who wants to make content that stands out, then Issue is for you. And you can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience. I love their visual stories feature because lately we've been doing a lot with Instagram stories and Issue makes it really easy for us to take our content and get it formatted for Instagram without having to re-download and resize. Get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you're going to get 50% off when you go to issue.com podcast and use promo code DreamJob. That's I-S-S-U you.com slash podcast and use promo code DreamJob at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code DreamJob. If mental health has been part of your self-care plan this year, you owe it to yourself to try Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. It's one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. In fact, Headspace is backed by 25 published studies, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Whether you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, you're having trouble sleeping, or you just want to improve your overall well-being, Headspace has a meditation that can help. I've been practicing meditation for a while and it has seriously changed my life. I've been using the headspace meditations for better focus. And I really do feel like spending those five to 10 minutes has just made such a positive impact on my energy and really changes the rest of my day. I think it's so important that we have the space to sort of like clear our minds and sort of come back to our center. And I love that headspace makes it so easy for you to build that practice on your own schedule. So you can really do it anytime and anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace's meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash dreamjob. That's headspace.com slash dreamjob for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash dreamjob today. So now I think we can talk about your book because your book actually contains so much of what's on your heart these days. You wanted to write this book. What did you want us to walk away with with this book?
1: I wanted people to walk away and understand that this mantra that I hold so dearly, so chase purpose, not money. It's here on on my my, uh, little crop sweatshirt here. It's not just a mantra. It's just not this cute thing that I say on the podcast. It's a lifestyle. Like it is the way that we literally move throughout life and this understanding that we have the right to redefine wealth for ourselves. And there's a way that you go about that. There are practical tools, you know, behaviors, mindsets, like different things that you can do to make this a reality for yourself, right? This is how we're able to navigate this culture that wants you to believe the opposite, that wants you to believe that wealth is just money and material possessions. And so- what you're supposed to do from sunup to sundown is chase whatever is going to make you more money. And I believe that actually when we pursue purpose relentlessly and we give ourselves the space to truly do what is authentically in alignment with ourselves, yes, do I work hard. I, I don't know if I would call it hard, but I do work. I put work in, but I also realize that there's so many opportunities that are just attracted to me that had nothing to do with my relentless pursuit and struggle and strife and stress. That's not actually necessary. And you know, what I believe is in the six pillars of wealth. So in the book, for years on the podcast, for three and a half years now, I've been talking about these six pillars, but I was really afraid that people didn't have a tangible way to actually understand what that means. So when I say the fit pillar and I talk about, um, you know, becoming your best self, not just mentally, but physically, I talk about that not as a fitness expert, but as a wealth expert, like as someone who's been seen as a finance expert who has coached and counseled so many people and understands that a lot of people don't necessarily have a money problem they have an issue with limiting beliefs, and that's a mindset problem, and that's up here. So we need to be mentally fit as we're pursuing these things, because you, again, you can have all the education, you can have the certification, you can have the degrees, you can listen to all the podcasts, sign up for all the programs, and if you don't believe that you are worthy, you're not going to do what you already know to do. If there's a story going on in your head about what so-and-so said to you in 1997. When someone said to you, you'll never amount to anything or you're not going to be who like whatever you said you wanted to be or any number of things or if you were in a relationship that made you feel less than or any number of things, right? That's gonna be the reason that you don't build wealth the way that you want to. It's not that you don't have the education. And we say in our community that, you know, your business is only gonna grow to the extent you're willing to heal. That's a fit pillar thing. So what are the childhood traumas? What are the different things you've experienced in your life that you need to heal as you're on this journey of building this business? Because Kathy, you and I can say things until we're blue in the face, right? And people will go, but I don't understand, but I don't see it, but I'm special, but you don't know what I've been through. It's like, well, none of us are really special. It is what it is. These are the steps. This is the process. But whatever you have going on that makes you feel like you can't walk that thing out, that's not a business problem. That's something you probably should go to therapy about. Kathy, you I think I told you this story before, but you know, I grew up feeling really ugly. I was too black. I was my lips were too full. My cheeks were too big. My eyes were too too wide, like everything. But I was starting to get picked apart from my looks from the time I was like five years old. That's my earliest memory. And I remember being in the bathroom, literally scrubbing my skin because I thought I was dirty. I wanted to be lighter. I thought I was dirty and something was wrong with me. And so I became addicted to achievement because I never felt like the pretty one. So in my group of friends, all while growing up, and this is all while growing up, all through school, I always felt like, well, people will only like me If I earn their affection, their love, because I'm smart, because I know how to make money, because I can help you pass the test, like all the all those things. So I became addicted to achievement. I was 25 after three years of therapy before I could look in the mirror without cringing three years of therapy. It took for me to learn. That hurt people hurt people. And that people who said some of the nastiest things to me, not at school, I'm talking about in my house. I'm talking about the people who were supposed to love and protect me are some of the people who said the nastiest and worst things to me. And it was in therapy that I learned to forgive them. It was in therapy that I had to learn to let go of whatever they said, right? It was in therapy that I learned to have compassion For them, because how hurt do you have to be to speak like this to a child that you're supposed to be stewarding, right? Like taking care of. It was in therapy. And I say that to say that when I look at my life now and all the work that I had to go through to build my confidence. When you say, man, every time you show up vulnerable, powerful, all those those beautiful things you said, that wasn't me 20 years ago because I had a wall up. I had this wall up and I only knew how to protect myself and to earn love through doing, not through just being, right? And I say that to say, because when I look at my life today and when I look at the work that I do, when I look at my face on all these books, when I look at all the the national media and the stages that I've been on, there's no way that I could walk in this calling had I not gone and dealt with my childhood trauma. Right. It it wouldn't matter what program I took, what book I read, what podcast I listened to. I could hear it, but I couldn't receive it if I didn't do what I needed to do to heal that childhood trauma. And it's the only way that I can be who I am today. And so in the book, I just go through all of these literally step by step by step. Everything that I can remember from this journey over the last 12 years that have helped me show up and be more bold, more confident, and more purposeful in everything that I do. And the byproduct has been money. The byproduct has been that I've been fully restored and I'm actually in a better position now than I was at that time. But I'm also fulfilled. And that's the thing. It's not just the money, it's the fulfillment. I think the number one reason people mismanage their finances is because they lack fulfillment. So it's a constant pursuit of trying to fill the void, trying to fill this gap of what you think is missing with stuff, we either buy stuff or we buy people. We'll buy things that we think are gonna help us feel better. And in the moment, the utility might be slight, but we get some type of, ooh, little high from it. But then what was new yesterday is old today. That's done. But what never goes out of style is fulfillment right? It's like knowing that, oh my gosh, I am doing something that actually impacts other people in a positive way. I am fulfilled when I read the testimonials of my clients. When I see people's feedback about the book, when I get off of something and someone tags me and they're like, oh my gosh, you said this thing that fulfills me. I don't need to shop online. Now I have more than enough money to buy things. And I don't even care about things. I care about people. But I remember at a point in my life when I used to try to buy people. So I would always pay for lunch and I would always pay for drinks and I would be, oh, just giving gifts to give gifts and, oh, don't worry about paying me back, I got it. And I would sa- sabotage any like success you know, I could have or opportunities I could have because I was so consumed with buying people, but that was a lack of fulfillment. I made a lot of money, I wasn't fulfilled.
0: Oh my gosh, every single word is something that you could write down and keep as a post-it and listen to and have it wash over you every single day. Such, such wisdom. I wanted to touch on a few things. First of all, what you just said about healing that brokenness inside and and how much that is a imperative to being able to bring wealth into your life. You wouldn't think that that would be a pillar in a book about finance and absolutely is. But how much are we doing what you just said, where we are trying to earn it where we are not in flow because we are in pain and we are trying to prove ourselves and what gets communicated then is all of that unworthiness. And I remember you telling me once about a woman who like, she would volunteer her guts out. She would be happy to like work for free, walk on her knees for thousands of miles. And you were like, it's time to get paid. And that transition I know you, you've seen that be hard for some of your clients and for some of the people who you've touched. What do you say to that person who is in that place right now? They can do it. They can give it away. They can be generous, but to, to receive, to open their hands, all of a sudden, all this imposter syndrome comes up, not being able to let in yeah. that
1: grace. What do you say oh my to them? Gosh. There's so many things that I want to say. First of all, I know that some of us have made a career out of volunteering. So as long as it's volunteering and I'm giving it away, oh, I could do it all day long, right? I did an episode called I'm Not Above Backing Out. And the point of that is for me was that people would be so committed to busying themselves or distracting themselves with all the things out there and not just focus on the very thing that they were just called to do. Like the very thing that you were called to do, what would life look like if you actually put that effort into what you were called to do? Because the truth of the matter is, is you do yourself and you do the marketplace a disservice when you don't honor your gifts, but you also dishonor God, your creator, whatever you call your higher source, right? Right. Because imagine Christmas day, you have worked so hard to create such an experience, right? To bless your kids with these gifts. And then that day or day later, they're like over it, right? And now they don't want the gift and they're busy off trying to play with Johnny's gift, looking at what Susie's gift is. They're everywhere, but, but actually working with the gift that you gave them. How disrespected do you feel? Do you not sit there and think to yourself, now, why did I even do that? Why did I put all this effort in? Why did I put all this time in? Why why would I do all of this for someone who doesn't even want to use the gift that I gave them? That's what we do. We are born with gifts freely. They were a present to us at birth. It is our birthright to use them in the marketplace. I believe that each and every one of us is born with a gift, a talent, a skill, something that we were given freely to produce wealth. And yet we look to the left and we look to the right and we are so consumed with being worried about other people's gifts that we sit up here and give ours away for free and then wonder why. Like why we haven't gotten the things that we wanna get. And many of us will look to the left or right and go, I'm smarter than her. I'm more talented than him. I'm better than that. Yeah, but you didn't wanna embrace your gift. You wanted to give your gift away for free, right? Imagine that kid that you gave a gift to on Christmas or on their birthday and you come back like, where's the gift? And they're like, well, I gave it to so-and-so down the street. But then they go, but now I wanna play, mom. Give me something else. No, 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 you had your gift. You gave your gift up. That's on you. Don't assume you should get another gift. You better go back to Johnny or Susie or wherever you left it and pick it up and bring it back home and work with what you got. And that's what I believe a lot of us do, Kathy. We just walk away. We dismiss it. We ignore it. We assume that it should be something else. It should be prettier. It should be more glamorous. It should be like so-and-so. I don't believe that people are trying to find their purpose. I believe they refuse to simply embrace what's right in front of them because they want it to look like what Susie got. You're not Susie. You're Kathy. I'm not Rebecca. I'm Patrice. My gift is talking. That's all I'm going to do. I talk on TV, I talk on radio, I talk on a podcast. I'm here talking with you now. All I do is talk. And it is the thing that I got in trouble for the most as a child. And that's the problem. Many of us have the right we for using it in the wrong place. And when you use the gift in the wrong place, like giving it away for free, it makes you question whether it was a gift at all. Not because there's something wrong with it, because of how you've chosen to use it. You use it in the wrong place with the wrong people. And now you're going, well, this can't be the thing, but it's actually the thing. The thing that you probably got embarrassed by, the thing that you may have gotten in trouble for, all the, that's probably the very thing that you should be using. That was so incredible. Ah, that line.
0: It's not that people have to go find it. It's that they're just resisting what's, what's already there. It's so obvious. Okay, I have a few more questions. But first, we're going to take a quick ad break. There's a lot of uncomfortable things going on in the world right now. But one thing I can always count on is how comfortable my purple mattress is. That's because purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid. It's a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. I love the design because it actually circulates air so I don't have to worry about getting too hot in the middle of the night. And it also has great support for the body. Unlike memory foam, which just sinks into a crater, the grid bounces back as you move and shift. And right now you can try your Purple Mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. I've been on a trip with my family for the last few weeks and even though it's been amazing, sometimes I'm just not sleeping so well in these beds. And since I'm someone who really prioritizes a good night's rest, I'm kind of looking forward to getting back home so I can sleep on my purple mattress again because it really is on a whole other level of comfortable. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. And right now, you're going to get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash dreamjob10 and use promo code dreamjob10. That's purple.com slash dreamjob10, promo code dreamjob10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash dreamjob10, promo code dreamjob10, terms apply. In The Vaping Fix, a new show from Wondery, they explore the story of the e-cigarette company Juul, who set out to help smokers quit, but instead hooked a new generation of young people. In 2018, college sophomore John Luca Burecchio was in his dorm room when suddenly he struggled to breathe. In the hospital, John Luca promised he didn't use any drugs, just a Juul, but he didn't realize that Juul was an addictive drug. The Vaping Fix is brought to you by Laura Beale, the reporter behind the hit podcast, Dr. Death and Bad Batch. I listened to the trailer and it sounds really intriguing. I'm not that familiar with the whole vaping and e-cigarette scene, so- So it's interesting to learn about this company that just sort of took the marketplace by storm and all the consequences that followed. The storytelling is also really compelling. Laura doesn't just narrate what happens, but she interviews teenagers and young adults who are impacted by this firsthand. So it's basically like listening to a documentary. Follow The Vaping Fix on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or you can also listen early and ad-free by starting your free trial on Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. We were on a call with some of our girlfriends, you and me about a week or so ago. And I said at the end, I was like, would you guys just indulge me? I wanna play you a song I listen to every morning. It's a song by the NDIRE, it's called I Am Light. And I said, I I just wanna play this for all of us right now. And maybe we can all write down like whatever it makes us think of. And the reason I do that every day, Patrice, is because at the end of that song, she says, I am divinity defined. Mm -hmm. I'm the God on the inside, right? I'm not my age. I'm not my mistakes. I'm not my skin. I'm not, I am this vessel. Right. Yeah. And so when I'm really connected, I think we've all had these moments. It's almost like the humblest thing you can do is serve and receive. Right. It's like that's where you're not in your ego. That's where you're not in your resistance. That's where you're not in your story. You're like, I get it. I'm just going to be a channel for this thing. And to let that light, like, to just receive, it takes so much humility and grace to just say, okay, I'm going to let the goodness come in here, right? It's not going to be about me.
1: That's the thing, right? When we refuse to charge in the marketplace, we're making it about us, right? Right because it's the whole imposter syndrome story. Well, who am I to charge for this? Well, this is easy to me. So I just, I need to just, you know, give it to people and all this stuff. But the truth is there's no transformation for most people without transaction. There's no transformation without transaction. So this is actually not about you. It's about making sure that The folks that you say you wanna serve are invested and committed to their own transformation. They are invested in the result. People are not really invested when they pay $2. You trick off more than $2 at Starbucks. You throw $2 worth of change in little tip jars all day long and you don't even think about it, right? That's not going to create significant impact. I feel like I have to charge what I charge in the marketplace for people to take my gift seriously. Because if I don't take it seriously, they're not going to take it seriously. And when I'm speaking or when I'm doing something, I want people to lean in. It doesn't bother me that someone, it used to, but it doesn't bother me anymore that someone says, oh, I needed to shift things around to attend your course. Good, because now you're going to show up. Good, because now... When I say that this homework that I give is mandatory, you're not going to blow it off, right? Because your attitude towards a process will determine your success with the process. So if you have the attitude that this was another $2 thing that you don't care about, then really I've made it about what's safe and comfortable for me. I haven't made it about who you can be on the other side of this transformation. I'm not committed to your story about who you are today. I'm committed about where I know you can be when you get to the end of this 12 weeks or six weeks or whatever the thing is, right? It's not about you. So so when we make it about us and we live in those stories, not only do we do a disservice to ourselves, but we really don't have the heart of service that we think we do.
0: Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. and And we no. live in a vibrational universe, right? And so everything you just said, What people are buying, and we've talked about this a lot in this program, is is they're buying that residence where you're holding, right? And so anytime you've spent money on luxury towels or a five-star hotel or a better jacket, it's the energetic of that. It's how that makes you feel. Of course, you can get a jacket that's going to cover your elbows anywhere, but that one makes you feel something different. And so it's almost like we have to really get, okay, How do you, Patrice, when you're talking to to women and, and people all over the world, how do you help them click in to that higher vibration? Because that ultimately, when we resonate in that place, that gets communicated. That is powerful. And that's really what people are wanting. They're almost wanting you to charge more so that they get to have that lift, that they get to buy in and stretch to where they actually know. That's the story they want to tell themselves about who they are.
1: Yeah, I think there's a number of things. I think that, you know, taking people through the pillars for me is typically what does it. Because as you know, uh, as much as I'm known as a finance expert and, you know, I'm a business person, I rarely talk about money or business. Yeah. I literally talk about all the other parts of life that actually impact how we see money and business. And one of the pillars that I think really helps people a lot is what I call the people pillar. It's about just creating relationships that matter. And something that we say in our community is that there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you, but who are they watching you be? Ooh, that's so good. And a part of that is even the people you say you want to serve, how are they watching you show up in the marketplace? Are you inconsistent Are you saying one thing, but actually showing or doing another? And I think that once people realize that what we are communicating that we actually do, we need to not know intellectually, but we need to be it. We need to feel it. We need to walk it. We need to talk it. One thing I always tell my clients is that whenever you're about to launch something, more than likely you're challenged in that area. But that's a gift to you to test out whether what you're saying you you believe, you actually believe, right? Because we don't get what we want, we get what we believe.
3: Yes.
0: I wanna ask you a question about people because one of the things that I see is how much people say that they are not ready to start a business or they're afraid to do this. They're really just scared as hell of rejection. They're just scared of being criticized and rejected. We are all in many ways, people pleasers. Mm -hmm. And I've watched you specifically over the last year be willing to say, this is going to be uncomfortable for some of you. And this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And you've always done that, but you've done it louder this year Mm -hmm. for good reason. Yeah. And that is not a small thing. And I'm wondering what you then have to say when someone's afraid that some people are just going to walk out the door. Some people are not going to buy from them anymore. Some people won't like it. How do you make the decision to claim your truth and show up knowing that that, that's probably going to mean that six other people are are not going to be in on it?
1: Yeah, let them go. Let them walk because everybody is not your person. You know what that stems from because I hear this too all the time. If I don't help them, who's going to help them? One of the hundreds or thousands of other people with the same call. <laughs> like there's a reason that there's multiple ketchup's on the ketchup aisle and there's all types of bread choices and there's all types of salad dressings. Sure. I'm not everybody's salad dressing. I'm not for everybody and I've had to learn to be okay with that because scarcity mentality will have you thinking that it's your responsibility to serve the world i'm not jesus i'm not your creator i'm not your savior i'm not your buddha i'm not i'm not your anything right so i'm not here to save the world i'm here to speak to the hearts of the few that i'm supposed to work with those that i'm assigned to so i have become okay with being polarizing I don't mind being polarizing. Some of you are trying to like, no, I want to take all the people. I don't want to take all the people. I want to take the coachable people. I want to take like-hearted people. I want to take purpose-driven people. I want to take people with some type of spiritual foundation. Doesn't have to be Christianity, but you know what I'm saying? Like, But I don't want to take all the people. I don't like uncoachable people. I don't like people that don't follow directions. Like, I don't like people who are mean spirited. I don't like people who are nasty. So if something I say, and I know, Kathy, that you're referring to like some of my social justice commentary and being okay with even, you know, having multiple five figure brand deals on the line. And I was like, well, I'm going to speak my truth, right? Because if you don't want all of me, you, you don't get to pick and choose the version of me that you like. There are so many layers to who all of us are. And one of the layers, one of the titles that I wear in this world is a black woman. It is what it is. I didn't choose it coming in here and I can't change it before I go, right? And if me saying something about black lives bothers you, then I'm probably not your coach. And we can agree to disagree. We don't have to be mean spirited about it, but I'm not gonna, I can't hide from you that I'm a black woman. I can't hide from you that I have had experiences that have literally shifted my life, right? That I can't just ignore and walk away from because they have colored my experience in this country. Those things are real. So if that bothers you, and when I do speak up, Kathy, I've lost hundreds, if not one time, Um, in like November, I lost 3000 followers on Instagram one day, one post, and I lost not one bit of sleep about it Mm. because if what I said bothered you or offended you. Then you don't really care about me. You want to use me for what I can speak into your life. But then when I speak about the realities of my life, you don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Then I'm not the person for you. And that's Okay no love lost. But let me tell you the freedom that comes with that. I remember when I used to stay up at night over one trolls comment and I used to monitor my numbers back in the day. I'd be like 16 people. I don't, I don't, do they think I'm mean? I'm such a good person. And now if I say something and thousands of people leave, God bless you on the way out. Yeah, it's fine. And you don't have to announce it. I'm mm-hmm. good. But you know what it does? It makes the people who are your people lean in even more. Oh, yeah. People who are riding for you, they are your biggest advocates, right? And you can't talk about being authentic or transparent or having heels or having freedom and then live in bondage to what's going to happen if people don't like me. Those things don't go together. So I had to learn to step out and speak my truth more. Because I couldn't, it would be disingenuous to talk from this place of freedom and then be in bondage to people that I actually don't even know. Right. Right. And yeah, I probably lost about, I don't know, maybe $80,000 in brand work um, in late 2020. Oh my God. 21. But I mean, I also made probably another three or 400,000 in brand yeah. work that I would have Yeah, On their radar. And it was with people who... Wanted Patrice for Patrice, Yeah. And I would much rather be in that space than trying to hide things to make someone feel okay.
0: One of the things I love about you and your work and it's in this book is what does a wealthy life really look like, right? How do you want your life to look? How do you want to make money? You want to make money in your purpose. What do you want your days to look like? And you, you either make a decision that you have integrity or you don't. Right. And so wanting to be all things to all people means you're probably going to have to lie to someone then at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not what you signed up for. Mm -mm. You're just going to be you. And like you said earlier on, you were always trying to earn it. And see, the thing about love is it's not earned. No, can't be. So if people all of a sudden take away their love because there's a reason not to love you. Mm. And they loved you for the reasons they loved you. And they didn't love you. Because love is something that's unconditional. Yeah. And we don't get that. And so we spend our lives learning that part of being who we are means we will lie to people. And we will set ourselves on fire, even though, boy, do we really wish we could say something else. And what's so inspiring about you is you just don't do that.
1: It's a daily journey, though, Kathy. Yeah. Because, you know, I just turned 40 in March and, you know, I did this episode about things that I was leaving behind in my Mm thirties. And one of those, I just realized, I thought I had very strong boundaries, right? Because I have very strong boundaries professionally with friends and stuff like that. And my mom went through a medical episode not too long ago and I realized though, and she's well, she's recovering well, but I realized that my boundaries with her were not strong enough. Right. A- at 40, it just clicked. I'm like, who is this lady talking to? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? your parents get older and, and they just start saying things. And I'm like, okay, well, I actually haven't lived in the same house with my mom since I was 17 years old. Yeah. So I'm 40 now. I go home to help take care of her, take her to appointments and do all this stuff. And we're in the same house for like six or seven days. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> Next time I come home, I've got to stay in a hotel. Yeah. Because my mom has no chill, right? <laughs> Good Belizean Caribbean mother. She has no chill whatsoever. But it it's like, it was a new layer, right? It's something that we're constantly becoming aware of and that's why self-reflection and therapy and journaling and all these things are so important because you just keep you keep seeing it and one of the things was my mom you know not to give away all her business but <laughs> my mom had gotten herself in this financial arrangement with someone and knew I wouldn't approve so she didn't tell me about it she never said anything so now she has the medical event and now there's all these things I have to step in and support with and it's like oh by the way and I'm like, well, that's not something no. that I would approve of. I'm not going to participate in that. And she gets upset. She's like, "Why well, need you to tell them, oh, you need me to come in and be the bad guy. Here's where the boundary has to be put up. You're not going to give me anxiety no. <laughs> about having this deep conversation with someone two minutes before I head to the airport on a situation that you created, right? So that's baggage that you now have. And mom, I'm going to have to leave you with your baggage, I'm not going to pick up that baggage. The label of the responsible one and the fixer and always being the person. No, I've worn it for 40 years and I'm not wearing that anymore. Like whatever baggage I chose to pick up, I will carry. But even for you as my mother, as the woman who gave me birth, as the person who's taking care of me, my whole even for you, I will not pick up baggage that I do not own.
0: Yeah. And it's huge because how we do one thing is how we do everything. And and with all the people, that's probably like the most important place to say, I'm not doing that anymore that way. I think one of the things that we all carry with us is this false choice of, I either get to be a nice person or a wealthy person. Mm. But every time you start talking about boundaries or charging, it ignites something in everyone. They go, yes, that all makes sense, right? Right. And I don't know that that is the right right paradigm of either nice or wealthy. I think that it's not mutually exclusive. I actually think that sometimes, right, the kind good thing to do is to hold someone to a higher standard or set a boundary. And I think that we've all been sold a bag of lies Mm -hmm. with that.
1: I think that one of the best things that we can do to help people in our lives, the people we love is to stop helping them. Mm. Some of us can't focus on what we're called to do because we're so far into trying to save other people. We are so committed to like minding other people's business. And the, the thing is, remember I said, we are all born with a gift, a talent, a skill. We are all born, including that grown child that you won't let be a man, right? (laughs) Including your significant other, including your siblings, including we have had to give people the dignity of their own process by removing ourselves as their savior. Again, I'm not your savior. And any notion, right? Any label, any hat that we put on that says, oh, I'm captain, Save 'em. Like, right? So every time you have a need or a thought or your lack of planning becomes now an emergency that you want me to tackle, right? Here I am. But how does that serve you? How does that serve what you're supposed to be doing? How does that serve the call on your life? How does that serve the people that you are assigned to? Do you know that there are people who are not sleeping at night because they're waiting for you to stand up and show up and take your rightful spot, but you're so far up the butts of everybody else in your family that you can't focus on serving the people you're called to serve. Everything has a season. And when it comes to people in our families and friends for a season, that might be however it goes, what we need for that season. But every season comes to an end, right? If we allow ourselves to let go. But most of us are holding on so tightly because it fills a void. And remember I said, lack of fulfillment is the issue. You being the savior fills a void. But I promise you that when you release your grip and you fill those voids with the purpose work you were called to do, You will experience a different level of fulfillment, a different level of peace, a different level of joy, right? And you will give other people the permission to go pursue what they're called to do without you in the way.
0: It's so, so good. And it reminds me of this idea that like, we don't get what we say we want. We get what we expect. And so often we're looking at our partner, our spouse, our kids And we forget what you just said. We forget that we were all given the same potential and the the abilities to to make some magic here. Yeah. And when you stand in the knowing of that and you look at people and you see them, right? You know what they need to know, which is they don't need you. They got it. And you get to be a stand for that. Mm -hmm. You get to be a stand for what's inside of them leading them back home to their truth and to their own resourcefulness and all their gifts and you just keep showing them that right
1: i just had a thought bring it i want to hear it um when that happens we tend to say it's tough love oh it's it's tough love right And I believe that words are powerful. I believe that what we verbalize, we magnify and we magnetize. I think that we have to stop referring to those types of scenarios as tough love, right? And and make it like real love. Real love is helping you stand in your greatness. Real love is helping you to see that you were born with purpose, on purpose, for purpose right? Like real love is showing you what's possible for you. Not tough love. Real love is changing the narrative and creating this script that says, I am so sorry that I've led you to believe that you could only make progress in this life if I were there to hold your hand. That's it. I am so sorry that I've interrupted you from possibly having a greater relationship and connection to your higher source. Who is what you will need when I'm long gone? Like, I am so sorry. Fill in the blank that for X amount of years, I've allowed this to go on for you to believe that, but I want to show you true love, real love, authentic love. And that means showing you who I see when I look at you like showing you what's possible when you take a stand like when you do whatever these things are implement whatever points you want to but when we call it tough we're making it tough for us and we're making it tough for them it's not tough it's real it's real because again it doesn't serve them or you to be in the way and for you, it is such a huge distraction. I can't tell you, Kathy, how many mothers, and I know you hear this too, well, when my kids grow up, then I'm going to do the thing. So in the meantime, the people you're supposed to serve, what are they supposed to do? Wait for your child's 21st birthday? They're six. So what, like, what, what are they supposed to do here, right? Real love for yourself is doing what you were authentically called to do. Real love, even for difficult family members, is releasing them in certain seasons and allowing them to figure it out, right? Allowing them to have some uncomfortable nights because being uncomfortable is a part of the journey. No one builds greatness being comfortable every damn day. There are going to be parts of the journey that are uncomfortable. That's a part of what it is, right? Real love is putting yourself out there and knowing that even if you're not a perfect 10 and what you feel called to do. Let's say you're a six. There are one through fives who need to know something that you have. And they're not waiting on your perfection. They're waiting on your obedience. That's real love. Is that, man, if I could take someone from a three to four, if they can get to where they're supposed to go sooner, quicker, faster, because they heard me, because they read my book, because they listened to my podcast, because I showed up on Instagram and did a live, whether I had makeup on or not, because the message is not... Uh, watered down because you don't have lashes on, right? (laughs) The eyebrows aren't neat, right? That's real love. Everything else is not operating from a place of love. It's operating from a place of scarcity and fear. Definitely not abundance. And it's not real. It's not true. It's not what you're called to do. And so I want us to change that narrative. It's not tough love to show someone who they can become or what they can have when they trust themselves and stop leaning on you. That's real love.
0: It's so true. What you said about raising kids. And I was just saying to my husband earlier today, like so much of the blessing of my childhood was I was uncomfortable and I didn't have this false illusion that I would grow up and be comfortable. You know, my dad left and my mom was mentally ill and I was on my own and and there was a blessing in that as hard as that was It's not that I would wish that on anyone, but I learned like I could. And my grandma used to say to me, my money's on you, Kath, you got this. I'm going to cry. But she was like that. And she used to live a few blocks away. And I, and she'd say, I know this is hard for you. You deserve to have two parents here, but you don't. But she goes, my money is on you. You, you can do anything. Mm. And I felt that in a way, like that was such a gift. That was such a gift, not to be confused that mom and dad are gonna pay for my college. That never happened. Mom and dad are gonna do, no, that's not happening. But what could I do? Hmm. What could I actually find inside of me? And what I just love about spending time with you is you're just so darn clear that everybody is just sitting on gold. You're just like, come on. All right. You got this. Let's just do this now. Let's just do this thing now. Yeah.
1: I I believe it. Yeah, I know. Like in my belly, I believe it. I call myself a hope restoring coach because I just believe it, Kathy. I believe that everybody has this potential and this ability to walk in purpose. And I believe that When we don't make the pursuit of whatever we're doing solely money, there's such an opportunity to walk with such freedom. Like when everything is not attached to, well, how much am I going to make? What's the paycheck? What's the profit? But when it's actually from a place of love and just like giving freely all that you have in here and up here, like, oh my gosh, I really believe it. I live it. I know it to be true my heart yearns for more people to get it. And my heart yearns for, for good people, for light workers, for people who truly are committed to the transformation of others to get it because the charlatans are loud and proud and the people who actually have the heart and the right motivation and the right intentions are the ones that clam up. But people who don't give a damn about other people and who are truly, purely in it for the money. Oh my gosh. They are like yelling from the mountaintops and here we are whispering. Here we are ashamed to say who we are and what we do. Here we are like, I don't know, can I, should I? Maybe, what will they say? What will they think? Charlatans don't care. They don't care what you think. They're in it to get to the next buck and they're moving on. If more people who had integrity and authenticity and a true heart to help transform the lives of others would freaking stand up and stop playing. Do you know we could change the world?
0: A hundred percent overnight. I just got this huge like download when you said that, because it's so often that we're, we're feeling this like false humility, almost of like, oh, I don't want to put my offer out there. I'm going to all this stuff. And then we say like, it's not about the money, it's about purpose, right? But then we want like an immediate ROI. Like if we're not getting that ROI right away on that money thing, we give up on it. It's like, wait a minute. What if you just kept doing it? You just kept showing up and I do that, you do that. I think about those of us who have been working in that purpose every single day. How else could I do this? I'm gonna start this podcast. I'm gonna write this blog. Think of the things that you said. You were in the bathroom, bawling your eyes out and you're like, grab the Bible. I'm going to start a blog, right? Put it out there. Who else can I help? Who else can I serve? Let's get that going. Right. And like slowly moving through that, but there wasn't this like, well, if the money doesn't come in right away, it's like, no, I'm showing up, I'm doing it. I'm going to just walk in this purpose. And then boy, does the money find you? Oh my God.
1: My commitment has always been to an audience of one. So every place that I go coming on here, Kathy, I think there's 130 people that I can see live. Right. If only one person, if 129 people left this call and were like, I didn't really feel, I wasn't really feeling her. But one person <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, you did it for me today. Thank you. I'd have been like, okay, I'm good. And when I was first writing my blog, not because there, I wanted some immediate ROI, but I felt discouraged because my husband and my mom, two people who I just knew would read, were not reading and I thought, this is silly. What am I doing? I need to go find a real job. Let me make a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> this, was, this was the trail, like the train of my thoughts. Oh today. Lord. And I quit. And uh, like several weeks later, this man reached out to me and he said, Hey, you know, I have been enjoying your blog. I hope you're okay. I noticed you haven't posted in a while. And I was like, who is this strange man? Right. He was an angel who is this man? How did he find me? I was so not used to the online space and blogging and all those things. I didn't know how to read analytics. I didn't know I was supposed to go in and approve comments. I didn't realize that people had actually been reading, not even a hundred people, but it was more than my, my husband and my mom. Right. right? And that's when I decided an audience of one is still an audience. I'm going to serve this man. If he's the only person that shows up and reads every week, because at least that's somebody who wants to hear what I have to say and that was how I actually got recommitted to the blog and I'll tell you this to this day sometimes I wonder if that man never came back would I be the Patrice Washington that you all know he saved me that blog I had been doing every week for like a couple months and once I realized that even my family wasn't watching what like what was the point and so for those of you who are even discouraged and you're thinking, well, this, might, this must not be the gift because my spouse doesn't get it or my parents don't get it or people are not getting, they're not your audience. They're just the people who are assigned to you, right? But they're not your audience. Your audience are the people that you go get. Listen, here's the thing. When I left the Steve Harvey show in 2018 to focus fully on the podcast, the number of people who were saying to me, what are you doing? Like you get millions of listeners from that show. You're on every week. What do you mean? You need to figure out a way to do both. And like, are you being lazy? Why can't you still do the show and do your podcast? And I felt very strongly that I had to stop straddling the fence. And then I needed to make a choice and be consistent and be committed with the choice that I made. And I thanked them April, 2018, and I walked away. Now, here's the thing. People who found me through the Steve Harvey show, they stumbled upon me. They did not come for me. They came to laugh in the morning and they happened to get this girl giving some finance or business tips. And okay, they stumbled upon me. The difference is when you go all in on what you're supposed to do, the people who come to me now, they were searching for me. They had prayed for someone like me. They maybe had had a sleepless night or cried or you know somehow right but when they find me they know that I'm their person there is a difference between people stumbling upon you and people who were searching for you and the one person who may be searching and you you speak to their spirit they are more valuable than a thousand people out there who don't really give a damn So be more committed to the audience of one, to walking in your purpose, to chasing purpose, not money, to showing up consistently, to doing the things, to tuning out the noise, the things that don't serve you for the one. Because that one person who was searching for you, oh my gosh, the fulfillment that you have in your heart from touching them is beyond any of this other stuff. And if you keep doing that, that one multiplies. That one becomes 10, That 10 become 100, 100 become 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, a million. But if you're looking at this like, oh, I got to do this thing to go impact millions. Okay, every million is comprised of ones. I don't focus on a million. I focus on one. And as a byproduct, you know, the folks who are supposed to come, the folks that are assigned to me, the the folks that we're searching, they come.
0: Incredible. I love what you just said. Somebody prayed for you. And then there you are. That is speaking to their spirit. So tell us, since you are that person, tell us where we can follow you, the podcast and buy the book and all
1: the things. Um, You can find me on patricewashington.com. Here is the book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, How to Stop Chasing Money and Finally Live Your Life's Purpose. It's full of so many of the goodies that I said today, but truthfully, Kathy, So many other things just came out of my spirit today. I feel like this conversation was so divine. I literally said things today that I've never said in my life that just came to me. You're
0: always like this. Whenever I'm with you, this is how it it rolls. So I'm happy to be here for it. What a gift. I love you. You are love. Thank you, Patrice. Thank you for being here. God bless you. you. Ah, Patrice is such a force. If you want to experience the magic of Patrice on video, we have the video version of this conversation on my Kathy Heller YouTube channel, so you can go ahead and watch it there. All right, here are the takeaways. Number one, it's not about chasing money, it's about chasing wisdom. Number two, we have the right to redefine wealth for ourselves. Number three, your business only grows to the extent that you're willing to heal. Number four, we are born with gifts. It's our birthright to use them in the marketplace. Number five, when we refuse to charge, we make it about us. There's no transformation without transaction. Number six, you're not for everybody and that's okay. You're here to serve the hearts of the few you're assigned to. Number seven, real love is helping another person stand in their greatness and showing them what's possible. And number eight, an audience of one is still an audience. The one person who's searching for you is more valuable than a thousand people who don't give a damn. All right. Now we're going to celebrate today's giveaway winner. So I'm continuing to give away some awesome swag on Mondays and Thursdays. If you want to enter the giveaway, you have a chance to win a cute hoodie or a mug. All you have to do is leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or post about the podcast on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller. So today's winner is Emily KF. She said invaluable resource for creativepreneurs. Entrepreneurship is hard, but Kathy and her guests help me feel supported in my journey. Thank you so much for that, Emily. I really appreciate you so much. And all of you, it really means the world that you're here listening to the show. Remember, I will be doing a five-day free workshop for you. I do these two to three times a year. So this is definitely something you want to get in on. It starts June 7th. You can go to kathyheller.com slash challenge and join me for this five-day immersive free live workshop. If you've been to any of my live workshops before, you know that I absolutely show up and just pour in as much as I can, as much value, and we will be going over what are the steps to help you really step into abundance, to really have so much abundance in your life, so much meaning, so much wealth, so much good feeling every single day when you walk through the world feeling lit up. What are the things that we really need to sort of integrate in order to step into that reality. So come check that out. Finally, I want to ask you if this episode resonated with you. I can't imagine that it didn't. Patrice is such an incredible speaker. She has such a beautiful heart. I want you to send this episode to someone. I want you to think of somebody who you know who could benefit from hearing this. And I want you to text them the link or email them the link or post about the show on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller. And you can tag Patrice. She's at Seek Wisdom PCW. And then she'll know that this made a difference, which is a really nice thing to do to let her know that. I'll leave you with a song of mine. I love you. And I will talk to you tomorrow. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit authenticshows.com.
3: Did you know run away Did you know